Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm so happy to be here with you today. And before we dive into today's conversation, I want to say about one of our incredible sponsors. This episode is sponsored by our friends at BetterHelp. There's almost always some kind of big decision to be made or big thing to process, right? Maybe you're thinking about a career change or feeling like a relationship needs some attention or you want to get some attention in a relationship. Maybe you're stuck with a parenting decision or you're not sure what to do about some conflict with your friends. Whatever it is, therapy can help you map out your next steps and figure out the way forward. My counselor has been so helpful for me every time I feel stuck, which is pretty frequently. If you've never given therapy a try, consider BetterHelp. Therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want and need while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and understanding. BetterHelp is the simplest way to get started and you can do it right from home. They make it so easy. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. We love a quiz and they match you with a licensed therapist. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and fit in your schedule. Finding a therapist that is the right fit for you is so important, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So you are sure to be working with someone that's a really good match. Let therapy be part of the map of your life going forward with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash That Sounds Fun today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash That Sounds Fun. Today on the show, y'all, just get ready. I mean, how good are our shows right now? I'm like losing my mind. Today on the show, I get to talk with my friend, Hosanna Wong. You may remember Hosanna from episode 311 here on That Sounds Fun. She is a best-selling author and a spoken word artist. Her new book, You Are More Than You've Been Told, shows us a new way to approach spiritual disciplines as the practical ways to stay connected with God. And y'all, listen, 100% hand to heaven. When we tell you it is a new way, I've never read anything like this. It is so unique and so helpful. It totally changed me. The book is brilliant. It's just brilliant. It, this is a note-taking episode. So get ready and go order this book. I cannot wait for you to hear. So here is my conversation with Hosanna Wong. Hosanna Wong, welcome back to That Sounds Fun. I am so thrilled to be here with Thanks you. Thanks for being here. I love that we're in person. I know. It just makes me so happy. Thank I you for doing this. I love people in 3D. I, same. I have a new appreciation Same. For Where, the 3D. What's your travel <laughs> happening like right now? I mean, it's um, launch week for the book. It is. Woo. I'm blessed. But, you know, I do 40. <laughs> I'm blessed. I'm tired. I'm blessed. You know, in the name of Jesus, <laughs> I do 43 weekends out of 52 a year okay. right now. Wow. So getting to also do that alongside of sharing the message of the book yeah. is a blessing. And to get to see friends through it, yes. truly. So it might be physically tiring, but truly more than ever, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, extremely filling. 43 out of 52. Do you and Guy decide that at the beginning of the year, how many weekends you're going to do? It is seasonal. So okay. the same, not all years are created equal. So the beginning of the year, what are our goals? What has God called us to do in our families, in our relationships, in our yeah. churches, in our ministries? And then based on that. But typically about 10 of them I could drive to. Oh, okay. So whether that's you know an hour or two, but yeah. typically 10, I'm still sleeping in my own bed so that's more oh. like 33 as far as that well that's a brilliant i've never separated it like that okay here's how many i'm willing to drive to mm-hmm. and here's how many i'm willing to fly to that is really smart it does change things if you think well yeah i can go speak saturday morning right and be home saturday night here's all the things i'm called to do uh-huh. and you know only one of them is traveling and speaking yeah. so how can i do all of the other things well here's how i'm able to do it so not every year is created equal i don't know how many I know that we will do a little bit less next year, but it just depends on what God's calling us to in that season. Some events are three days long. Some are only one. And then there's quite a few weeks where maybe I'm gone for 10 days, but I did four events there. And it allows me things like January and June, I don't travel. There's there's things like that. So, How do you suss out which events are calling you that are yeses? Um. Hmm. I will say now in days, it is a sense of mission and it, like, is this something that I feel called to do? So you look up the church, you look up or the event, you listen to what their theme is and you go, yeah, I'm, I'm the girl for you. I have a big heart for evangelism, reaching people yes. far from God and discipleship, helping yeah. people take the next step in their faith. So with ministries and churches, that that's also their goal, helping people know Jesus for real. Yeah. I'm down with that. I love that. And also if I get to see friends 
something else I'm called to do, you know, yeah. and get to celebrate something else I'm called to do. So there's what we have to do as a ministry for our bottom line. And then there's the extra stuff that we get to do and we do out of mission. Yeah. It's, you know, it wasn't always that way. Yeah. For a long time, it was just say yes to Same. anyone that would allow you, invite you. Yes. And then it became, okay, God, what have you specifically called me to do? And what yes. have you specifically called me to say? Because I believe that God gives you the capacity to do what you're called to do, yes. but he does not give you the capacity or the grace to do what someone else is called to do. Yes. So it's over the years, it's been, God, what is the mission this year? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's a that's the closest to true that I can think of. I feel like, I, <laughs> yeah, that's very good. I feel like that's a great way to say it too. That is the closest to true that I can get to you today. I feel like I have two chapters of my speaking life. I feel like yeah. so far. I feel like the Lord really turned a page for me in 2019. I think I had grace in 2012 to 2019 to go as much as I could. Yes. That I that is just not on my life anymore. And my right. ministries are different in Nashville than they were then. I didn't have That's right. local ministry beyond college. I mean, I led my college small group, but that was Tuesdays. Right. And now that I serve at a church on Sundays, it just changes but I didn't know that in 2019. That didn't happen in 2019. Right. 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 And you were obedient to what God was calling you to do in that season. Yeah. I think that's when I met you. You were in the middle of a book run and yeah. you were saying yes to a lot of things. I was saying yes to a lot of things for a lot of years. Then there came kind of a line in the sand when I was invited so much to teach on Sundays yeah. at local churches. And it became very clear that that was part of what God was calling me to do. Yeah. So I wasn't able to do as many events that were on Saturdays or yeah. Fridays or conferences yeah. because local church became such a, a big part of my heart. Then years later, when I felt God call me to go back to spoken word poetry, yeah. then it was events that had me come preach and, and. perform spoken words. Yes. So not all seasons are created equal. And it's not that I've, you know, oh, this is the right way or the wrong way. It's what are yeah. you called to do in that season and doing our best to faithfully do that then. But it evolves. How often does Guy travel yeah. with you? This year, more than ever. Yeah, I knew you'd great. love that. I do love um, it. I love him. That I think took, he's so fun. <laughs> that, he is fun. And it, that, that took a choice and quite a lot of planning. Yeah. That kind of margin does not just fall into your lap. You have to make a choice and a commitment, and then it takes quite a bit of scheduling ahead of time to make sure that's available. And so this year, more than ever, Guy mm-hmm. is on the road with me a little bit, and I'm coming back home in the middle of trips a little bit, and that's a blessing. Yeah. That took time, too, to be able to learn how to do that well. We didn't always do that well. Yeah, th- I think that has got to be so helpful for our friends listening who are teaching at their local church or yeah. and leading the women's Bible study on Wednesdays, that you have to learn a rhythm of being a regular teacher. Yeah. And your life has to, because it's not just those 30 minutes you're on a stage or an hour you're on a stage. There is hours during your week that get us there. Right. Yeah. And right. that I think people underestimate until you're in the middle of it that for every hour you see us on stage, that's two or three hours of prep. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, preparing to minister to those specific people well, to Mm. serve that specific church well and what the leadership there is already doing, as well as join them in discipling their people after. Yes. After you share, um, then you maybe spend hours or days with their people, continuing to partner with them in discipleship. It is a a joy to serve the local church to the you know, I know you and I both feel that way to really disciple people in our local context, um, but it does take intentionality mm-hmm. to do it mm-hmm. well. Yes. Yeah. One of the questions I love to ask, we always do a call with an event before I go. And yeah. I always say, why'd you pick me? I'm not trying to get them to like scratch my back. I'm going like, did you pick me because you love the podcast? Did you pick me because you've seen me teach? Did you pick me because of a book? Because I need to know what has God said to you about me being the person? Wow. Because I think that's the only way we can really partner well with right. these events is to go in and go, hey, I'm just trying to, I'm not trying to be a firework show. I'm trying to be a link in a chain. That's beautiful. And the best way to link in the chain is for you to say, oh, yeah, we love your podcast. Well, I'm like, okay, well, you need to know I preach. <laughs> yeah. You need to know that I'm not quite, it's right. going to be a different Annie a little bit. And like what we were saying about how, you know, God will give you capacity what you're called to do, but not what other people are called to do. Often I'll get invited places where I think, I know someone else who would fit this better. Ah. I have a friend that has a message for you that is more for you. I don't have a message on that. I don't have a conviction on that. These are the things God's called me to do. For me to do what I feel called to do in my lifetime, it takes quite a bit of saying no to the things I know somebody else is called to do. So, And then there's events that are like, oh, they can just bring bring a bunch of— 
whoever, Bunch of us, yeah. every time. Yeah. And sometimes I have something that's very specific. I'm specifically called to that interferes with that. So I said, you know, I have a few friends that could also do that. So I'm actually constantly recommending people yeah. because this is not, this is about really discipling people where they really are. If I have, yeah. if I know someone that can disciple that group better. Yeah. Um, and I know I have friends that feel the same. It's just yeah. like, how can we actually help the global capital C church? Yes. That's really what I'm here to do. When I read You Are More Than You've Been Told, which is such a good book, Hosanna, I cannot Thanks, wait friend. for people to get this. I mean, my first question I wrote down was, why was this the book after how to not save the world? Yeah. But you're saying it, like salvation, discipleship, salvation, discipleship. This is right. the discipleship book. Right. Is that true? Yeah. Am I making that up or do you feel right about that? 100% true. Yeah. D.L. Moody says something where he says, consecrate and then consecrate. It was just this very simple mantra that he lived by saying, consecrate within yourself and then go and consecrate the world. And I wrote How Not to Save the World, which was about how to share about Jesus in your everyday life, how yes. to help consecrate the world for Christ. Yes. But I wanted to write a book that was about us consecrating first. Yes. So we know what Jesus is actually like and live for him for real. I think one reason why so many people outside the church are far from God is because so many people inside the church are far from God. Yeah. We need to have a real one-on-one -on -one relationship with Jesus and know who we really are and live the lives we've been created to live so we can represent Jesus for real and what he's actually like to a watching world who desperately needs him yeah. and so i just love that simple phrase of his consecrate and then consecrate god don't let me get that backwards yeah i want to help disciple um everyday people um those of us who maybe didn't know all the lingo or weren't yeah. raised in church contexts where we understood it all i really wanted to help us know how to follow jesus for real in our real everyday lives so in yeah in regards to that but it actually came out of my season of writing I have a new name. Really? Yeah. My spoken word poem, yeah. I wrote I have a new name seven years ago, and I memorized all these names from the Word of God, yeah. and it was powerful, and God breathed on it. God used it, but it wasn't enough to just read who I was and declare it. I really needed to change my life style. I wow. really needed to change my habits, my rhythms, to not just know who I am, but live like it every single day. Yeah. And Often after I performed I Have a New Name, people would ask me, okay, now how? What do I do? Yeah, yeah. not just who am I, but how do I live as who I am? Yeah. And so I set out to discover how do we know who we really are? You know, when I was in that season, disconnected from myself and disconnected from God, and I lost who I was, yeah. just a season of immense loss financially, relationally, physically, my husband and I, one of the hardest seasons of our marriage, the people who we thought would stay didn't. The people who we thought would defend us didn't. I lost who I was and realized in that moment that I had built my identity on yeah. all of these things that did not last. Wow. In that season, I remember that people growing up in church would say, your identity's in Christ. Yeah. And I thought, yes, I'm in. <laughs> Can someone show me how? What or, does that mean? What does it mean? Or you you find your identity in Christ by abiding in Christ. And yeah. I thought, I love it. You don't got to sell me. Like, yeah. I'm in. Yeah. How do I abide? And so I set out to discover what those terms that I had heard, what they actually meant, and how I could practically do them in my actual everyday life. And that is where this book came wow. out of how we can know who we are and live like it every yes. single day. The consecration piece is really interesting. It's I'm annoyed that it keeps showing up in my life because it must mean <laughs> the Lord wants me to change. <laughs> but John Tyson did a sermon in June. We'll link to it at Church of the City in New York. And he said, others can, you can't. Hmm. And to come to terms with others can, you can't. Wow. And how to live consecrated just means others in the church can drink that. You can't because mm -hmm. of your history or because of who you're around or for a million different reasons. Others can watch that show. You can't because your time needs to be used differently or your what you see needs to be different than what they see, right? And I have really wrestled with that even with my in my friend groups hmm. of feeling the leadership invitation God's given me making my life look different than even some of my friends 
in my church. Yeah. Have you experienced that? That like the personal consecration that sometimes adds a little separation with your friends? Yeah, even friends who are also Christ followers. Yeah. I think one of the myths that I hope to dispel, and I know you're passionate about this too, is, man, your relationship with Jesus doesn't have to look like everyone Anybody else's relationship else's, with yes. Jesus. It doesn't have to look like your mom's or your pastor's right. or your favorite podcaster, Annie F. Downs. Yeah. Really, God wants to have a real one-on-one relationship with you that can work in your real everyday life. And God is calling you to something new, something next. And it might not look like the person next to you. So 100%, I discover that. Yeah. It's so challenging. There's also things that I can do that my friends can't do that they have to say no to because of history or family or whatever. But man, John Tyson teaching on consecration and just going like, what does it actually look like after you're saved? Yeah. After you're healed even in a lot of ways. Like you've got to get some real healing around your life and your pain and then getting consecrated is like, who that's a level. Right. 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 And not only does it not look like your friends, but it doesn't look like it did for you oh, 10 years ago. Yes. It's also a different season for you. You're not the same person you were 10 yes. years ago. God wants to do something new in you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you talk about in the book, you talk about doing a self audit of yeah. the voices that are telling you who you are right? and telling you what consecration looks like and telling you who Jesus right. is. and and But a lot of like the names you live by come from these voices that you are listening to or you aren't listening to. How do we do that? Right. 100%. Because I think for so many of us who struggle with knowing who we really are and how to live, we will discover that what we think about ourselves determines how we live. Mm. So what voices are you listening to? Who are you putting the most stock into of whose opinion you care the most about? Who are you allowing to influence you? Because what you think about yourself determines the way you live. So if you believe that you're not enough, Mm -hmm. you'll start living like you are. Mm -hmm. Maybe you'll start to change yourself to try to impress people or fit in with people or perhaps work harder, do more, achieve more to show your value. If you believe that you're a burden to be loved, Mm -hmm. you might start to isolate yourself thinking if you got real with anyone, you would come off annoying. So now when you have big dreams or big prayers, you don't want to let anybody into it or ask for help because you believe you're a burden to be loved. If you believe you're a failure, you start living like you are. Maybe you don't want to start anything or try anything, sometimes not even obey God because you think anything you do will fail. And these are things that the enemy of our soul hopes that we believe. He hopes we let answer to lesser names so we live lesser lives Mm. so if you've ever struggled with knowing who you are you're not crazy yeah you've been lied to your whole life so let's identify the voices that we've allowed to define us that we've allowed to influence us and so my invitation is to have a self-audit yeah who are you listening to who right now do you care about their opinion about you Mm -hmm. the most yeah that's something any of us could do and what right do they have to define you right what power do they have to tell you who you are the truth is that nobody has the power to define you but the one who created you we need to start making god's voice the loudest voice in our lives so we could start to tell the difference between what's true and what's Mm -hmm. not hey friends just interrupting this conversation to share about one of our amazing partners chime the end of summer and beginning of fall can definitely be a season of spending with all the back-to-school expenses and getting some new boots or sweaters to prep for cooler weather. Come on cooler weather. You can set yourself up for all of it with Chime's online checking account. Their online checking account has tons of benefits that millions of members love, like their fee-free overdraft of up to $200. That can happen to all of us. Plus, you can get paid up to two days earlier with direct deposit, all while managing your money on the go 24-7. Sounds like a win all around to me. Chime has no monthly fee, minimum balance, or overdraft fees. You get access to 60,000-plus fee-free ATMs. That's more than the top three national banks combined, you guys. And you can easily find one near you with the Chime app. And when your friend pays for dinner or you need to pay the babysitter, you can pay your friend through Chime, no matter what the bank account is that they use, and cash out your money fee-free. Sign up for
for time today. Make this fall the best one yet for yourself and your wallet. Get started at chime.com slash that sounds fun. That's chime.com slash that sounds fun. And I have one more amazing partner to tell you about, Haya Health. This one is for my mini BFFs. Where are you at? With school starting back and germs flying around, I want all my mini BFFs to stay healthy, but I know getting them to take their vitamins can be a struggle. They're only interested in something that tastes good. Well, kind of me too. Well, Haya Health has come to the rescue. Typical children's vitamins contain sugar and unhealthy chemicals and junk growing kids just don't need. But Haya is pediatrician approved and a super powered chewable vitamin. Haya is made with zero sugar and zero gummy junk, but it tastes great and it's perfect for even the picky eaters. It's formulated with the help of nutritional experts and pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies, then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals that help support immunity and energy, brain function, mood, concentration, and more. Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door so parents have one less thing to worry about. Plus, your kids get to decorate the bottle with these really fun stickers. It's so cute. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash that sounds fun. It's not available on their regular website. They literally like built a page for our friends. So go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash that sounds fun to get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, now back to our conversation with Hosanna. And so in this book, I, I want you to know, I've never seen this concept before in spiritual disciplines. Wow. You have written something and created something that is like shaping how I move forward with my spiritual disciplines. And so I'm dying for people to get this book because the trellis idea, the yeah. trellis of rhythms, will you explain that? Will you explain how you even, how did God even give you that yeah. in your brain that the way we find out who we really are is by getting a trellis of spiritual rhythms. Yeah. Well, I lost who I was and I didn't know who I was. Yeah. And I needed to figure out what identity in Christ and finding your identity yes. in Christ and abiding yes. in Christ meant. Well, we get this term abiding in Christ from Jesus himself. In uh -huh. John 15, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Abide in me, I in you. With me, you'll bear great fruit. Without me, you accomplish nothing. But I needed to know how. And so I called my friend who works in vineyards. Yeah. And she um, doesn't have a background in How'd the church. How do you know to do that? How do you think, I should call my friend who works in vineyards? Because, yeah, I don't just work in vineyards. Said, yeah, just because well, the any, Bible is like vine and branches. Right. Kind of anything in the Bible, though. <laughs> when it talks about um, farmers and harvest field, I call my father-in-law because he's yeah. a fourth-generation farmer. I don't know anything about farming. Brilliant. Um, something about carpentry. You know, I call some... Someone give me the context of what this would have meant. Yeah, yeah. And so I thought, okay, my friend works in vineyards. Maybe she'll know something. And because I know she has no context of church or this scripture, maybe she'll help me see something I've never seen before. Yeah. So I call her and I say, hey, can you help me with this? Can you tell me anything about the relationships with the branch and a vine? Anything that I don't know. Is all that branches need to live really only to be connected yeah. to the vine? And she said to me this, and it changed my life. She said, technically, Yes. All branches need to live or to be connected to the vine, but really they need a trellis, a structure to help them grow and flourish and stay connected to the vine. And she said this, she said, without a structure, the branches will live their lives constantly weighed down. Weighed down. When you wrote that, I, I stopped on that page. I was like... Oh, when things feel heavy. Yeah. I'm not attached to this trellis. Yeah. Dude. She said the branches will fight an uphill battle. They don't have to fight. Yes. And then eventually they will grow apart from themselves and then grow apart from the vine. So really branches need a structure. And I felt the same way. I thought, this is my problem because I've chosen Jesus. Choosing Jesus is not the problem, mm -hmm. but I feel disconnected from myself and disconnected from God. I am weighed down. It turns out to reclaim my life, I need to reclaim my structure. Mm. I have lost a sense of so structure good. in my life. And here's the truth. Some of us were raised in 
Christian context or religious communities where maybe all of the emphasis was on the structure. Yeah. Maybe Having all quiet the emphasis. Times, going to church. Yes. Yeah. These, some people call them spiritual disciplines. In yeah. my book, I call them rhythms of Jesus. However you learn them, some of us were taught that we must do these right. things to be saved. Yes. So since we put, we think that there's salvation in the structure, um, which is certainly how I was taught it, the truth is, there is no salvation in the structure. Yes, yes. The trellis is a stick yeah, by all yeah, yeah. agricultural purposes. It is a stick. It is lifeless. Yep. There is no sap, water, yep. vitamins in the stick. There's only life running through the vine. Yes. There is no salvation in the structure. There's salvation and life in the source of life, Jesus Christ himself. But the structure will help you be connected and stay connected to the source of life. Yes. So really... We might need to take a look at our structure. Yeah. If you, it is like you are reading my notes, because I literally tagged page 95 <laughs> and, where it says, there's no power in the structure. And all my notes are, there is no power in the structure. That is, that's hard for me. Okay. I never thought, you're right. Let me preface, you're right. I'm not about to argue with you. <laughs> Let's go. I never thought, <laughs> if I don't read my Bible and pray and go to church, I won't be saved. Okay. I thought, if I don't read my Bible and pray and go to church, I'm going to fall off. I'm going to make too many mistakes. Hmm. I'm going to be alone. You know, I kind of yeah. thought it is my job to stay connected to God. Hmm. And it's not our job to stay connected to God. Right. He ties us to himself. Yeah. Right? I think I felt... Maybe not that I must do all this to be saved, but every single thing was wound up in a whole lot of guilt and shame. Yes. What if yes. I miss a day? Guilt and shame. Yes. What if I don't do it as long as she does it or as much as he does it? Guilt and shame. So mm -hmm. I'm constantly feeling weighed down yeah. because I feel so much pressure to perform yeah. like this certain kind of Christian I've made up in my mind. All the while, the whole point was to be connected and stay connected to Jesus who came to set us free from shame, yes. who came to set us free from guilt. And I realized I had put so much pressure on the structure, but I had not really been connected to the source. And this is what I've learned, the truth. When you don't know who you are, when you struggle with being weighed down, you will know more of who you really are when you spend real time with the one who knows you best. Wow. So without the pressure to have your rhythms or structure look like anyone else's, yes. without the pressure for it to look like how it did 10 years ago or yes. some ideal way you think it's supposed to look, and mm -hmm. hopefully you can one day in 10 years, right. today God wants a real relationship with you. So today, let's talk about your structure, your plan of how you'll have a real relationship with the one who knows you best. Yeah, because when even with the vine and the branches, the branches are thinking about making fruit. They're not thinking about the vine. The vine, mm -hmm. the vine, yeah. right? They're thinking about the fruit. And I think I thought, especially as a teenager and a 20-something, that my job was to make sure hmm. the vine doesn't go anywhere. Oh, wow. Make sure yes. you, know, you need to have these disciplines. So so I didn't think of the trellis as helping me grow and be lighter. I thought of the trellis as rope tying the hmm. br my branch to the vine. Wow. It, but that is not God. That isn't it at all. It says he keeps us under his wing. He's not yeah. under my wing. Yeah. Because I read my Bible today, which I didn't. <laughs> FYI. But it is he keeps no, us under powerful. his wing. And so when yeah. I was reading your the rhythms of Jesus that, that I want us to talk about that you create in this trellis, I went like, oh, this is only about it being lighter, not heavier. Right. This is only yes. about it being lighter, not heavier. Yes. And that is a gift that you're giving us. Yes. That's what I set out to do. God, how can I live lighter? I am weighed down. When yes. she said those words to me, yes. I am weighed down. How do I live lighter and freer? So I did an in-depth study on the lifestyle of Jesus. Yeah. How did Jesus live? If I want to have a new structure in my life, a new lifestyle, I'm going to look at the man himself. Yeah. How did Jesus live in private so he was able to know who he was and live as who he was yeah. in public? And that's why I highlighted the four rhythms that I did, because I took them from studying the life of Jesus. What did that look like? Were you like, I mean, when you sat down to start, you have to read in the Gospels, I assume. If you sat down <laughs> and start reading the Gospels, are you going, I am reading this because I'm going to write a book, so I need to find all this? Or are you no. going like, Save me from myself. Show me Jesus. Yeah. Like, or in both, there's not a wrong one. Right. But you wouldn't happen to be passionate about reading through the gospels. <laughs> would you? I wouldn't care deeply about reading the gospels every month, would I? I needed to, a fresh encounter with Jesus. Yeah. 
I really did. I needed a fresh encounter with Jesus. I have read I have read the Bible. Yeah. I have read the New Testament a lot, but I knew I needed a, a new encounter with Jesus. I will say something that told me that showed me that there was more to discover about Jesus. Actually, the truth is when I had the crazy honor and privilege of my life to get to lead my baby brother Elijah to Jesus. Yeah. And wow. I read slowly through John with him. Wow. Reading a book I've read a lot and preached on a lot. Yeah slowly with somebody who was experiencing it for the first time. Yeah. And as we read through, I was seeing things about the lifestyle of Jesus. As my baby brother is trying to learn about God and how to live, Yeah, seeing things through the lifestyle of Jesus that made me realize there's more here than I thought. If I were to look at this through not what did Jesus do, but how did he live? Yeah. There was more there that I needed to discover. So that kind of opened up my eyes. And then I, well, me and my brother, when we started going through the gospel, we would read through a chapter a day. So we slowly read through it, wow. read through one chapter twice. And I said, let's pray these two prayers. God, show me something new about you. And God, show me something new about how to live. Wow. So that was the way that I was trying to disciple my brother and getting yeah. to know Jesus. But it actually transformed me a lot. It yes. made me see how did Jesus live? Someone please show me how to live. Yes. Jesus showed us how. And then he said, come and follow me. Follow how I live. And then you're going to discover who you are. Yeah. So I said yes to that. This I never imagined I would write a book on identity because it is the struggle of my life. Yeah. Like truly, wow. I Have a New Name came out of the one of the most painful seasons of my life. I never thought I would write on it because it is something that has been a big pain point for me. Yeah. Um, and so when I set out, wow. I just needed to know what identity in Christ meant. I just yeah. need to know what abide in Christ meant. Yeah. And I just didn't want to – we live in a world where we can see a lot of people's lifestyles and we can see how a lot of people live. And yeah. I grew up in the Bay Area where social media started. And I grew up yeah. – when I grew up was when people – I was 18 when people started getting Facebook. Like yeah. I really have – a lens about social media yep. and the lifestyles people put online where I'm very aware and God, you know, show me how to speak to this generation with your lens in it. I want to I want to take my lifestyle from Jesus himself. I was desperate to make sure yeah. I was following the right people in the right yeah. way. So anyways, I started studying the lifestyle of Jesus. And as I did to figure out a new structure because of what yeah. my friend said, yeah. I discovered this is what I wish I would have been told so much earlier so I could have lived lighter all along. Wow. How can I get these tools into people's hands as soon as possible? Yes. And that's why this book is here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so these four rhythms, will you just uh, fly by them? I mean, you go so deep into what to really do in the book, which is why I can't wait for people to read it. But will you kind of fly over? What are the four yeah. trellises? Is that yeah. what I, the four... Um, yeah, the four rhythms. Sections? Yeah, yeah. No, I do four I'm sections. on page um, 170. Yeah. You have this really beautiful graph that I cannot wait to fill out. Yeah. Will you talk through what the four rhythms are? Yep. The four rhythms of Jesus that we see demonstrated throughout his life as he's showing us how to live. One is a rhythm of scripture. Yeah. Um, Jesus going out of his way to be in the temple to read the scrolls, what was written of the Bible at the time. Jesus was on a road trip with his family. He goes off the path everyone is on to discover who he is. One of the things that we can think is, well, Jesus knew who he was. He was able to say no right. to the lies of the enemy, speak right. truth to lies, overcome doubt, because he was God. Yeah. But the Word of God says he was not just fully God, he was also fully man. Yeah. So we can see from him how a human was able to hear opinions about himself that mm -hmm. weren't true and have mm -hmm. painful circumstances and have friends betray him yes. and still know who he was. Yes. It's actually the lifestyle Jesus had in private that helped him know who he was and live out his purpose in public. Wow. So here's how Jesus did it. He had a rhythm of scripture. You might need a new way to engage with God's words to know who you are. If you've been reading the word of God for a long time and you feel like your routines are stale and mundane and you're not getting anything out of it, mm -hmm. you don't feel like you understand your translation, there's no, there's nothing new. The answer is not, we'll keep reading that translation and read yeah, it yeah, faster yeah. and longer and harder. Yeah. No, we might need to have a self-audit of, how am I engaging with God's words? Yeah. Because it is important that you know what God says about you. So 
I encourage you to think of new ways to engage with God's What word. translation did you read with Elijah? All right. With my brother, we did a paraphrase together. We were looking at a few paraphrases. We looked at the message. Yeah. It's a beautiful paraphrase yeah. of the Bible. There's also a translation called The Voice, which is not a translation either. It's more of a marriage between a paraphrase and a translation. Yeah. And then NLT became a place yeah. where he was able to land. That is a yeah. translation yeah. of the Bible. But for my brother, and look, people might disagree, and I'm I'm would be love to have a conversation sure. about it because this is my working theory. Yeah. But my baby brother did not have any idea about the real person of Jesus. And I wanted to give him a palette for what he was like yes. and a palette for the life he would get from reading the word of yeah. God. Like I wanted him to know. And so I onboarded him in a way that was language that was a bit easier for him. Yeah. And then after he got to know Jesus well and had yeah. a, um, a desire and a craving for um, theology, all of that, yeah. then he moved on to NLT. And sometimes when we study some things, you know, we have ESV and NIV, all the things. Yeah. Like I, I have a deep love and knowledge for translations and reading many. Yeah. But when I'm teaching people who have never heard about Jesus before, I do veer towards language that would help them have a taste of what Jesus yeah. was like. And so I'm I'm I could be wrong, but this is how I was able to introduce my yeah, baby brother to I Jesus. So we kind of looked between those two at yeah, first. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about that? I how, love how are your feelings? The message. I love the message. I think my primary is NIV. I, my primary is NIV eighty four because I've had the same Bible for sure, yes. twenty years or something. But yeah. um, I love the message. It's my secondary. I keep one beside me in the mornings. Yeah. Just because I want to sometimes see what the paraphrase, what the language yeah. is of the verse that I'm reading in the NIV. And I typically teach off the NIV. For yeah. a lot of churches I'm at, they're familiar with it. Some prefer New King James Version or NLT, yeah. but most NIV is probably where I preach the most from, and yeah. I, I feel strongly about using it. It's it's a great translation, but I will I will look at things on the message or the voice just to yeah. see any imagery that I missed. It's yeah. and I'll I'll say this because of of the podcast I'm on, it just makes it more fun. Yeah, I'm not here to say these are translations; they're not. Right, I'm here to say sometimes this makes it more fun to see imagery someone else thought of. Yes, and I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, you I might need so a new too. way to engage in God's word. There are some of my friends who they've read the Bible a lot, and now they're listening to it on audiobook while they're taking yeah. walks and it's bringing it to new life yeah. and great let's engage with what God says about us or people I know who now they've read the Bible alone for a lot now they're doing devotionals with friends because doing yeah. it in community brought yeah. it to life me reading a new translation that I was not that I had not read before with my baby brother slowly three things I had not done before reading it with somebody a new translation and slowly really brought these scriptures to life for me yeah the question is not how do they all read the Bible. The question is how will you know what God says about you? Yes. We need to make a plan in our yes. structure yes. for engaging in Scripture. It gets lighter yeah. if you read Scripture. It does not get heavier. It gets lighter. Absolutely. The trellis. Yeah. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to share about another amazing partner, KiwiCo. We got more fun things for my mini BFFs. Gosh, y'all, I love KiwiCo. They are the cutest and most fun ideas for kids that keep our mini BFFs busy and help them learn a little something, too. Each month, KiwiCo delivers crates packed with fun and sparks creativity with kid-friendly topics and activities. KiwiCo has subscription lines for infants and preschoolers up to teens and beyond. Kids are discovering everything from the science of math Magic, to engineering a domino machine and more. There's no commitment, so you can pause or cancel anytime. If your big kids are back at school, but you've got some littles at home, KiwiCo would be the perfect thing for them. There's this one adorable crate where they make their own little rainbow pillow. Y'all get out of here. And then they learn about how rainbows appear and it is so cute. And you can always throw some Bible in in a rainbow conversation. Everything you need is in the crate, including materials and easy to follow instructions. It is the perfect boredom buster for the entire family. Plus, my mini BFFs will feel so proud of themselves when they're done making it. So get 50% off your first month, plus free shipping on any crate line at kiwico.com slash that sounds fun. That's 50% off your first month at kiwico.com slash that sounds fun. And listen, if they make that rainbow thing, please tag me in it so I can see it. Okay, I just really want to see it. That link, kiwico.com slash that sounds fun. And pretty much every 
other link you could ever hope for are in the show notes. And we also send them every Friday in the AFD Week in Review email. So be sure to check those out. And one last amazing partner I get to tell you about, Nutrafol. Okay, millions of Americans experience thinning hair. And it may seem like there's nothing that can be done, but Nutrafol is a solution you can trust to deliver results. Yes, please. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, thickness, yes, we love this, and visible scalp coverage. Thank you. It supports healthy hair growth by targeting the five root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, metabolism. And I have a friend taking it because when she got sick, she lost some hair, and it is really helping it grow back. And Nutrafol addresses all of the stressors through whole body health. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months. 3,000 of the top doctors and stylists recommend Nutrafol as an effective and high-quality solution for healthier hair. I love that Nutrafol offers three different physician-created formulas that support women throughout all stages of life, including postpartum and menopause. So no matter what season we're in, they've got us covered. With the natural drug free medical grade ingredients they are bringing us the most reliable results you can grow thicker healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code that sounds fun to save ten dollars off your first month subscription this offer is only available to u.s customers for a limited time plus free shipping on every order get ten dollars off at Nutrafol.com that's n-u-t-r-a-f-o-l.com and the promo code is that sounds fun and now back to finish up our conversation with Hosanna. Okay, and then prayer. Oh, prayer. Hosanna, I love talking to you about prayer. Prayer. Where do I begin? I pray so much, and I have a great ongoing one-on-one casual conversational relationship with Jesus that I never would have thought prayer would have been something I was convicted in when mm. I was trying to discover who I was. Interesting. So I talk to him all the time. Yeah. The three things I break it up in the book are solitude, specific prayers, and saying thanks, yeah. and three very practical ways to do it. Yeah. But I will say the specific prayers practice Probably without me learning that practice, this book doesn't exist. Really? Because there are wounds that I've held on to for most of my life. Things I have resolved can never be healed. I don't even think I would have had an authority to speak on identity to people who have truly been hurt and left and lied to and broken had I not confronted some things I once thought I would just live forever never confronting. Not something that someone said to me last year, something a family member said to me when I was a kid. These lies that we grow used to so we're comfortable in them Mm -hmm. and I remember sharing with a friend just some wounds I knew I would never be healed from. Yeah. And she said to me, have you prayed about it? And I like rolled my eyes. I'm I'm offended by this question. Have I prayed about it? Yes. But I have prayed, God, heal me of all these wounds. God, let me have breakthrough in all the places in my life. And I have not had a rhythm, a structure of praying specific prayers over specific needs and specific moments where I was deeply hurt, specific moments where I ran away and no one chased me, specific Mm -hmm. moments when I thought people would come along with me and they're no longer here. And so there is a practice of um, specific prayers that I've implemented in my life. And it started with me writing these out in my journal, moments in my childhood, things people said, things people didn't say. And I brought myself back into those moments. This was not a lighthearted exercise and it didn't happen in an hour or even a week. Over time, with alone time with God, there was 28 different moments that I have been defined by or have been a ceiling over my life because wow. of the lie that I believed from them. 28. And that you could like identify. There's that I could identify. That I could crazy. say. And in those moments, I imagined myself in that moment. What was I wearing? What were the sounds? And what did I feel? And what did I need from people that they were not able to give to me? Wow. And now that I have a rhythm of scripture in my life and I know a lot more about what God actually says about me. Yeah. I'm able to imagine Jesus in that story and what Jesus, what his words would be to me then. What does he think about me? What does his face look like? Because I know now what he feels about me. And what can I perhaps get from Jesus that I was not able to get from other people in that moment? And knowing I'm loved and wanted and chased after and cared for, what can I get from Jesus that I needed? So 
You're like sozoing yourself. You're like going back and doing prayer he- healing over those 28 moments. I'm just like, I, I realize that Jesus doesn't want to just redeem me now. He wants to redeem me then. then he wants yeah, me to know I'm not then. just loved now, but I was loved then. Yeah. I was worth fighting for then. Wow. And so in those moments, not all situations were created equal. Some yeah. of them I prayed over, saw God's lens, and through the power of the cross, I was able to surrender it and heal, yeah. be healed from it. Other ones, I realized there's people I needed to forgive. Wow. There was people I needed to call and say sorry to. Wow. There were th- things I needed to surrender. Not all situations were created equal, and some took quite a long time. Yeah. But my point is that there were so many things I just let stack up. Because the truth is, Annie, I've been healed from a lot of things. I've had a breakthrough in a lot of areas in my life. There were just some that I was pretty sure I would never have breakthrough yeah. in or real healing yeah. in. And I was so wrong. So a rhythm of specific prayers is part of my life's trellis. It's something I schedule because I need a structure of prayer. Jesus demonstrated a lifestyle of going out of his way to spend alone time with God. Like us, he had a lot of responsibilities, family responsibilities, relationship responsibilities, ministry responsibilities. He had a pretty important calling. And yet he would... (laughs) go out of his way in different ways, in different seasons, in different locations with different people to go out of his way to make sure he was being directed by God and not by man. Mm -hmm. I heard a pastor say recently that Jesus knew he only had three years and he still didn't rush. Oh, my goodness. I love that. And I thought, oh, my gosh, three years? You and I have tripled that in public ministry, at least. Yeah. And I rush around. Yeah. And he only had three years and he still walked everywhere. Yeah. He still didn't, like, make a car. So that he could get places quicker. And I just thought, man, he pulled away and prayed by himself, which not only changed that day of their schedule that day, right? but he knew he only had three years. And he still left people when they said they needed him. Right. Absolutely. And people when, were disappointed sometimes because yes. they thought he should stay somewhere. Yes. But he thought, no, I'm called to go somewhere else. Yes. Because he was directed by God. Isn't that wild? And that goes to our third yeah, rhythm go. really well, which is rest, Yeah, which I know is a value of yours that yes. you've had for far longer than I've had it. Well, I, I have that. not valued rest for very long. Mm-hmm. Jesus does demonstrate this. God commands it. Yeah. And then Jesus demonstrates it, though he says, don't worship it. He yeah. does demonstrate a life of planning for it. Yeah, And Jesus did it, but I dismissed it because I have important things to do, Annie. Yeah. I'm busy. Yes. And I think that rest is an antithesis to what I'm called to do, mm-hmm. not a lifestyle God has actually called me to, yeah. not a part of the calling, yeah. not a part of the life he has for me. And I also think that I knew so many people and have great close friends, heroes, and mentors who I love who practice things like Sabbath mm-hmm. in such a way, who have maybe practiced it for years, in such a way that I felt I could never do it. Yeah. This exact same day every week at this exact same time with your whole family who right. does it together. Right. I admire it and I look up right. to it and I hope to somehow, some way, maybe do it. But in my lifestyle and my real life, because I felt like I could not do what they were doing exactly, yeah. I just dismissed rest altogether. Yep. And that led me to living a life of working, trying to find my value, producing more, achieving more, hustling harder to find who I really was. And it's amazing. It's almost as if God knew that some of us would find our identity in the opinions of people and in what we achieved and in what we were able to accomplish. It's no wonder he commanded rest, knowing that we needed to be taught a new mentality, Mm -hmm. that we needed to know that we were loved before we do one thing. Mm -hmm. Then Jesus demonstrated it. So I actually never even took it seriously as a command of God, never considered that I was disobeying God by refusing to rest until I did an in-depth study of the lifestyle of Jesus. And like you said, Jesus rested and he fulfilled his calling. And so when it was kind of a line in the sand moment of me and Guy. And you know Guy, he's fun. Yeah. And he actually has a great discipline of rest yeah. and celebration, <laughs> yeah. all the things. And I have not had that. And so it was kind of a line in the sand moment for us when we said, okay, we're going to obey God and follow Jesus. Mm. But it will not look like how all of our friends do this. Wow. But for our lives, how will we do this? How will we practice Sabbath weekly? How will yeah. we have 24 hours to stop and rest and delight and not get ahead and not overachieve? How will we do it? And so we Sabbath may be different 
than other people, Sabbath, but we have refused to be slaves to the pace of culture. And so now we do it a little bit differently, but we rest. What does it look like? Do you share? Yeah. Do we share? Yeah. Like, would you tell me or is it Oh, yes. No, no, I will tell you. Yes. So for us, again, it is seasonal, but for us at the beginning of every month, we look at that month. So not all months are created equal and not all weeks are created equal. My husband and I, like many people listening, we don't have the same job. We don't have the same lifestyle or the same hours. And we have, you know, different responsibilities in our churches, ministries, friend groups, families. And so at the beginning of the month, we look at each week and think, okay, this week, actually, I'm traveling Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So our Sabbath... Monday. Okay, the next week. All right, the next week you're traveling. You have this thing with family. We have this, we're celebrating these people. Here's our church commitments. This week we're Sabbathing on Friday. Okay, the next week. It's not the same day every week, and we don't do the exact same rhythm every week. And that might look different from other people's, but we live lighter and freer today. We live lighter than I ever imagined we would ever live. Mm -hmm. It really reconnected me with God and with myself and with all of my relationships, my husband, but also everyone that God has called me to do life with and disciple. And I did realize I did not lose time. I still had the time to do everything God was calling me to do, Yes, but I did not have the time to do the things that I was not called to do. Yes, And so this rhythm of rest has changed our lives. Even right now, we're in the middle of a book run. Yeah. I don't feel exhausted. Yeah. I don't feel worn out. I don't feel tired. Physically, maybe sure. every now and then I need to rest my feet, right. but I am spiritually and, and, and emotionally and, and relationally filled, yeah. not on accident, yes. but because of a structure. So that's how we do it. It's month by month. And then, hey, at the beginning of the year, when we planned the year, we knew the family anniversaries that there were, the big birthdays, the weddings, the yeah. the the book launch, the yeah. church celebrations. We knew all the things. And like you, we're part of a lot of communities and church communities and ministries. So we have them on a calendar. So we, we've planned for this. Yes. We've prepared for this so, so that we can obey God God, how can we plan for the life yes. that we say we want to live? Yes. So it turns out it was about the structure. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Turns out we need a trellis that no one's ever given us until Hosanna Wong. Okay. And the last one is community, which I mean, I mean, I'm in on all four of these, but I'm like, yes, friends make it lighter. They make everything lighter. It's true. I think I had to dismiss the idea of community I had. Like real community does not mean your best friends of 30 years who you grew up with and you all live in the same neighborhood and you all share clothes because you wear the same jean size. That's nobody's real life. Um, I mean real community as in people you can get real with and get real with you Mm -hmm. so God can be made much of Mm -hmm. and that you can live the life God's actually called you to live. And sometimes that is seasonal. And sometimes it's friends that you trust and you only see a couple times a year. Yeah. But I break it down into two practical ways that we see throughout scripture. And one is confession, getting real with people about what you're really going through and another is celebration Mm -hmm. celebrating what god has already done and what he is currently doing and i think i dismiss celebration as a command of god though it is commanded and a rhythm of jesus though he does live it because it that sounds too fun annie i could have a podcast that says that sounds too fun (laughs) and these things god these things god calls us to do are for us like that doesn't that doesn't make a ton of sense and so I had to repent and God, I'm sorry for the ways that I thought obeying you looked a certain way or that I thought your word said something it did not say. Show me what you actually say and how you've actually called me to live. And celebration brings new life and fresh breath to all of the disciplines. And so confession and celebration are two rhythms that I practice in my life. I have a plan, a structure in my month for to make sure I do it because I will not accidentally follow Jesus. Yeah, girl, me neither. I will not accidentally accidentally (laughs) confess to anybody. There's no confession that just falls out of my mouth. That's right. Right. And I can go months without saying yes to any invitations from any friends for any dinners because I'm very busy with my work. And I I had to repent of that. The ways that I was doing what God was calling me to do, but I was not doing it the way he had called me to do it. And so now it's a structure that I have. Not every month is created equal. God, a couple times this month, I need to make sure I'm celebrating. This month, we have margin for a few more. Not every month is created equal, but I don't go into a month without a structure anymore because... Not because I'm so holy, but because I'm not. Yes. Because I will easily break apart from myself and break apart from Jesus. And the answer to our identities, questions, who are we and how do we live, 
is a real one-on-one relationship with Jesus. And so that's what I've uncovered in a way that I understand, a practical way that Jesus showed us how to live. So that's my structure, scripture, prayer, rest, real community, broken down in confession and celebration. And I'm not doing it perfectly or flawlessly, but I live lighter today than I ever have. And I know Jesus a lot more. I see him in my story a lot more. And that's what I hope people get from this message. And your life hasn't gotten easier. I mean, it's not that you... So since I have a rhythm, before rhythms, I've had no problems. (laughs) Right. No no, no one in my family is hurting. No one in my ministry is hurting. No one's leaving our church. Our marriage is perfect. You should learn from us. You should just do these four things and you'll magically have everything you want. That's not it. This is what I have learned. Learned. This is one of the most important things I've learned to you about this trellis because some people like me have maybe followed Jesus for a long time. Yeah. We have followed Jesus for a long time. We've chosen Jesus a long time ago. Yeah. But maybe we feel weighed down. Yes. Overwhelmed and exhausted mm-hmm. and feel maybe sometimes disconnected from God or from ourselves. And we think, what are we doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? Is there something wrong in my faith? Yeah. And what I've learned is that it might not be something wrong in your faith, but you might be carrying new weights and you might be growing and you might be flourishing in new areas. Yes. And the same trellis that held you up before That's right. cannot hold you up today. Yes. When you see a trellis and you see a new branch growing, it yeah. has a trellis that's sturdy and enough for that branch. But when it carries more weights and more fruit, more fruit. when it grows and it flourishes, yes. it actually needs a new structure, yeah. a stronger structure, a wider structure. And so as I feel called to do more things, I felt called to do more things and new things in our family, yeah. in our relationships, yeah. in our churches. And I thought, God, that that cannot be true because right. I am at my emotional capacity, right. my physical capacity. God, you are going to have to grow our capacity. So yeah. me and my husband started praying, will you grow our capacity? Yeah. And as we prayed those prayers, knowing God won't call us to do something that we don't have That's the right. capacity for, That's but right. he will give us the grace and capacity for it. Yeah. God brought to mind our rhythms, and he brought to mind places that we did have margin, that we had dismissed, or maybe we were doing things in those spaces that we didn't need to be doing. And as we we thought, we already practiced these rhythms. We do have these rhythms. We have a pretty good trellis. It is going to have to be a new trellis, a stronger structure, a different structure to carry the weights. And that could be a lot of things. That could be good responsibilities. But if God's called you to it, God I need to obey you and have the structure to yeah. be able to sustain it so that I can stay connected to you yeah. and grow and flourish the way you've called me and, to. And the, the idea of the fruit is so important because when the fruit is getting heavy, it's because you are on mission and you're doing the thing. Yes. But the branch is going to get heavy too if you don't have these structures in place. That's right. And so, we were not meant to live so yeah, way down. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I can't wait for people to get this. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait. I'm so Thank happy you, it's my out. Friend. Thank you for writing this. It has changed me. I mean, I get to read a lot of books. You and, do. <laughs> and I loved reading something I've never, ever thought of. And so, not that I think of everything everybody else writes, but I mean, I've just never even heard anybody teach a trellis of disciplines and rhythms of Jesus. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, my friend. Um, okay, the last question we always ask. Okay. Because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what sounds fun to you, Hosanna Wong. Okay, I'm going to tell you. Last time I was with you on your podcast, yeah. you asked me this. You yes. said, what sounds fun? And I was just learning a theology of fun, uh-huh. of celebration. Uh-huh. I had just started my new trellis. And I had said to you, I want to see Taylor Swift in concert. Yes. That was my confession to you. Yes. And at the time, I was like, I feel bad that I want to celebrate with my friends and do something yeah, fun. Yeah. And you said, I hope that for you. And I went two days ago. Did you? In L.A.? I went two days ago in L.A. I heard she is blowing it up in L.A. And I was like, so fun. but I used to feel like guilty about this, like having yeah. fun, enjoying celebrating with my some of my best friends, including yeah. the— friend who told me the trellis yes and it was the day my book released and my friend said we got tickets for this day and i thought i can't go that day because that's the day my book releases and then me and my husband sat there and i thought why can't i go that day i i have a new theology of celebration i have a new theology of fun and so i told my friends we're you know what 
Forget it. Yeah. We're going to Taylor. So what sounds fun is keeping with the structure that I committed to years ago. And so I'm excited to tell you that. And I also brought you a friendship bracelet from the concert to (gasps) give to you. Thank you. Oh my gosh, that means so much. (laughs) So my husband and I have a few um, live events. Yeah. Um, A few concerts of people. Not all of them might be Taylor Swift, but like we wanted to see a Golden State Warriors game on Christmas. We went last year on Christmas. So we have some sport events this year and some live shows this year during our Sabbath, our rest and during our celebration yeah. and I'll tell you it's a it's a lighter it's a lighter life for yes. sure uh, yeah because dear everyone you know what we do on book launch nights we refresh Amazon I mean what would you have been doing watching liking what else posts. was I going to do right get out and go do what something else I'm I'm do. and I'm preaching on it every weekend and I'm yes. like you know I, I do feel like I'm releasing this book when I preach at a local church on this book and yes. I share with people that is that is that is what I'm here to do. Yeah. So what else am I going to do on a Tuesday? Yeah. And there, my, and my friends were like, will you go see Taylor? I was like, in the name of Jesus, <laughs> I will. So I'm blessed and I have a friendship bracelet oh, for you. Thank you. That's so sweet. Hosanna, I love you, friend. Thank you for I being here. You. And thanks for this book. I love you. Thank Grateful. you for inviting me to be part of your community. Yes. And how you demonstrate all these things. I learned so much from you. So You're thank you, friend. Nice. I love you. I love you too. Oh, you guys, isn't she brilliant? Don't you love her? I am telling you, this trellis thing is a game changer. Remember, it is not about putting more on you. It's about getting lighter. Yes, Lord. Y'all, go grab a copy of Hosanna's book. She goes so deep into this, so much more. It is called You Are More Than You've Been Told. And follow her on social media. Thank her for being on the show. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That is how you can find me. And don't forget, you can find the That Sounds Fun podcast on Instagram at That Sounds Fun Podcast. I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you, and I will do the same. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you back here on Thursday with an incredible conversation with Dr. Russell Moore. We'll see y'all then.